0: Now, Kangam OX at your service. Welcome to the Helitech Waterproofing Home Improvement Show. Now, here's your host, Scott Mosby, on Kangam OX.
1: All right, good Saturday. Wow, what a wonderful day. We have lovely weather, lots of sunshine, good reasons to be outside. Maybe as the temperature goes up, Good reasons to be inside as well. This is Scott Mosby. We have an hour, hour and a half. Roughly when we go up to the uh, St. Louis Cardinals pregame show with Alex Ferrario. Stay tuned. 1.20 p.m. right here on Camo X, the Cards versus the Cubbies. At Wrigley Field, John Rooney, Rick Horton. Bring that call through the Camo X magic 50,000 blowtorch watts. We have an hour and a half of home improvement for you. And I have 10 phone lines. 314 436 7900 436 7900 toll free 800 925 1120 800 925 1120 this is all about you. This is all for you. This is with my commitment to help you the greatest amount that I can with any benefit of the experience and knowledge that I have amassed in my years in the remodeling and construction industry, some of that behind the tools, some of that behind the desk, some of that being trained and uh, functioning as a designer, estimator, uh, on to a production manager, uh, and now in terms of a team leader, if you will, my job is to make sure people get what they want, and that's where it is, whether it's an employee or work associate to get the tools they need to do an extraordinary job, go home at the end of the day feeling really good, like I made a positive difference today, or with our clients receiving the dreams because, you know, you and I live somewhere. Some of us might live in a cardboard box. Some of us might live in something a little more involved, and on a day when it's going to get almost 90 degrees, most of us will have air conditioning somewhere. I'll tell you a little bit about that as we go through because that air conditioning differential in the 1950s as we started to um, condition our climate cooler inside homes with the refrigeration and such, we created great differentials between one side of the wall and the other in the summertime. We used to think that the only thing was keeping the cold out and the warm in so we can remain comfortable well you know st louis you listeners know about close you know how it's so humid that humidity and heat is just sitting right next to my skin and i just feel like i'm stewing in my juices that's kind of what close feels like in st louis think about the house and the how how challenged our bodies are in temperature control now we have delegated that or relegated that to our structures our buildings our homes and our homes are working pretty hard to make that happen. So uh, we'll talk about that and more: uh, how the effects of humidity, the effects of air conditioning, opening, closing houses, opening, closing doors. Excuse me, uh, as well as leaks and various things like that. Humidity matters. 314-436-7900, toll free 800-925-1120. I'm Scott Mosby. This is my 20th year on KMOX. It's a real pleasure and I take it seriously as a responsibility to be part of the KMOX family and bring to you whatever value I can. Uh, I've been in this construction industry for about 45 years, if you can imagine that. Uh, Even more, if you consider my childhood growing up with my brother and sisters, we just grew up with tools and equipment. We didn't know any different until I was about 12 years old. I thought every family had trucks, scaffolding, power tools, uh, saw horses, lumber, um, concrete mesh and all that stuff just laying around in their, you know, in their garage, their backyard shed. They don't. Wow. Hey, people are different. You mean you don't all do what dad does? Oh, what a shame because it sure is cool what my dad. And so my father, Sam Mosby, really taught me the concepts of the things that I share with you here on Camwex. One of the greatest joys of doing this CAMWX Home Improvement Show or the Helitech Home Improvement Show is that the knowledge and experience that my father got hammered into a pretty hard-headed kid, me, Uh, at an early age and then building on that with the years I had with my father working peer-to-peer, adult-to-adult, that was a real education realizing, wow, the rest of the world sure thinks my dad's smart. He's just dad. Oh, oh, wow. Maybe he's more than dad. And on we go. 314 436 7900 puts us together. I promise you my very best. I pledge you my best. Uh, we're going to do this for about an hour, hour and a half. And, you know, bring on the cards, you know. Cubbies? Ooh, yeah. How about that? So 314-436-7900-800-925-1120. During my day job, Monday through Friday, um, I lead Mosby Building Arts. It is a 70-year-old company. I'm not that old. Uh, I'm not that smart, frankly. My father founded the company. Uh, I've been uh, wise enough just not to mess it up over the following, you know, 40 years Uh, under my tutelage. uh, I've mustered together the best people that I can in finding within the whole Midwest. We've from across coast to coast at times and I put together the best construction team that I really know how to with all of my knowledge and experience. And they're pretty smart kids, and they challenge me on this. They'll uh, We will debate in the Mosby Building Arts Office that, Scott, I heard that answer. Uh, I also saw this, and I understand. Help me resolve this. What's the difference between the, you know, and on we go. Out come the coffee cups, and away we go, and we debate topics around building science, the best way to build, flash, weatherproof, some of the things i I talk about here on the camo home improvement show i love anyway i'm yours 314-436-7900 toll free 800-925-1120 when we come back we're going to talk about squeaky floors yeah and today's blog if you visit uh, mosby building arts or call mosby.com c-a-l-l-m-o-s-b-y we're going to talk about various types of remodelers Uh, And that's kind of dressed up in the Beware the Culture of Change Orders. We're going to talk about various types of companies, levels of knowledge, business philosophies, and how those all kind of ring out into some of the uh, data and uh, press releases you see from the Better Business Bureau as to um, unhappy people. Uh, 314-436-7900-800-925-1120. My name is Scott Mosby. I am here with the Miracle of Modern Radio. I'm at your service. Phone lines open for you now.
0: And now, back to the Helitech Waterproofing Home Improvement Show. Once again, your host, Scott Mosby on KMOX.
1: All right, back together, home improvement, KMOX. Lots of things happening here. Uh, We are going to go right to our phone lines, and we have Bosco on the treadmill pumping out 50,000 watts, the miracle of KMOX. My name is Scott Mosby. I'm with you Bring it on. 314-436-7900-800-925-1120. I was very excited to come in today. I don't know why. I just uh, kind of jazzed. I've been looking forward to this since I woke up this morning. Let's start with Robert this morning and see what's happening. Robert, good morning, my friend. How may I help you this wonderful Saturday?
2: Good morning, Scott. Uh, getting ready to move into a house that's about 30 years old. Okay, going to have a couple of weeks before I have to move in. and going to replace all the carpets. I'm wondering, is there a secret... To addressing squeaky floors, other than maybe run like a deck screw down to the subfloor. So, don't know if you get some glue down in there or any tricks that, or even special screws to use uh, that will help me in that effort.
1: Uh, Robert, great question. Is this a plywood subfloor or OSB? There's you know, there's no hardwood down there on, that you're trying to lay carpet over, is there?
2: No, I believe it's plywood. I haven't seen it yet, um, but. We'll be ripping the carpets up, so i have easy access for quite a while.
1: Okay, well, uh, welcome to the world of Mosby. This is one of our magical pieces. Um, Think about nails going down on the uh, subfloor, and you've got a headed nail. The wood shrinks. The hole that's around the shaft of the nail shrinks away from the shaft. So now that nail that drove into a very secure piece of wood is in this oversized hole. So just driving the nail down doesn't really hold it for the future, Number one, and unless you're willing to pull all those nails, which structurally I really don't advise, <laughs> it drive you batty. Uh, typically, take another uh, eight penny or eight d nail uh, headed and drive that nail down slightly at an angle right next to the head of that nail, so that the new nail head holds down the old nail head. Number one. And then number okay. t- uh, you follow?
3: Yeah, so not, not screws, nails.
1: Not, not screw. Well, because the problem is, is I like drywall screws, but they have bugle heads, which means a tapered head, which will not lap over the old ah. screw and hammer it down and hold it down. It'll just kind of mush, push it out over out of the way, and you won't really get that holding power over the future. Got it. Now, uh, the ticket is uh, generally, you need those nails about eight inches apart through the field. Unless it's in a hallway or in front of the kitchen sink or in front of the vanity or in the master bedroom doorway. You know, those high traffic areas just pound the bejeebas out of that stuff. So you need to nail the bejeebas out of that. So I like to, you know, in those high traffic areas, I'll take drywall screws about two inches long. Uh, I don't Mm -hmm. like to get them too much longer than that because you're getting boatloads of hold out of it and just put them down on four inch centers and you know screw till you're tired really it's it's you know uh, more is better in those high traffic areas uh, especially in front of the sink also if you have access downstairs Robert uh, Mm -hmm. on an unfinished basement um, think about the plywood too because plywood or OSB especially 30 40 years ago it could be ply and the adhesive between those plies can uh, fail, buckle, or actually uh, get loose. And then you may be properly nailed down on the structural floor joists, but the plywood itself is causing a wood-on-wood squeak. And the Mm -hmm. best way to do that is just take the flex out of it. Take a 2x4 down below, slap it up uh, underneath that uh, subfloor, put a little glue on it, hold that up as tight as you can, and then either drywall screw or nail those, and making sure that you're uh, pushing that flex Flat, sideways, the wide part, you can do two by four, six, eights, tens, just as wide as you can muster the up push um, and just literally take the flex out of it. We typically do that around toilets as well. You know, mm-hmm. when you, you know, you t- everybody uses the toilet, that thing gets a lot of use and it pushes mm-hmm. down on that plywood in between the floor joists because you have to put it there for the plumbing. So reinforce it, uh, glue that reinforcement, uh, screw it, and then the uh, sheathing, and and frankly, everywhere you're putting new carpet down, even if it doesn't squeak, I would re-nail it. And it'll take you the better part of a day, day and a half, depending on the size of the house.
2: Gotcha. I really appreciate the uh, the input, the expertise. You always give me enough to be dangerous, so thank you.
1: Well, you really can't get into too much trouble here. <laughs> well, there is something you can get into trouble. You can lose screws that are too long or nails that are too long, and you can literally drive or screw those fasteners through electrical wires that are improperly mm-hmm. run on the floor just so, you know, go downstairs, look for trouble, make sure you're not going to run into anything there.
0: Sounds great, Scott. Really appreciate it.
1: All right, Robert. Good luck, my friend. Bye-bye. Bye now. Home improvements, Camo X. Another thing I want to get into that uh, for Robert, it's a little indirect, but there are a ton of ways that a floor can squeak. Um, and so think about this: thirty years ago, uh, that forced air ductwork, all that plenum and stuff downstairs in the basement that your furnace, your forced air furnace is all hooked up to, it gets nailed into those same floor joists from the bottom, and it shrinks away from those nails, but like unlike your sheathing structural nails up on from the top down, these nails are only about an inch and a quarter, inch and a half long. They only have to hold up a little bit of ductwork, not a big deal. Well, those nails can pull out a little bit, which is not a noise issue until somebody walks over the top of it, and then it flexes that sheet metal up and down on that nail, and you hear this... Er, er. And it's usually telegraphed through the ductwork so that it's like, you know, the ship's captain calling down to the coal room down in the boiler room of the, fr- of the uh, ship, so, you know, full speed ahead. Well, that pipe carries that sound and so does the ductwork in your house so you can have a tiny little squeak over in one part of the hallway and it reverberates throughout the whole house. Uh, phone lines, 314-436-7900, toll-free 800 925 7900 Bring your issue today. I know we've got lots of things to talk about. Cardinals coming up, beautiful weather you can call. I'll give you my best. But then as you go around, so it's important to actually nail those nails back up to hold the ductwork. So downstairs in the basement, make sure those go in. And those actually are a little bit better to be done with screws because that ductwork moves a lot. Think about it. The furnace fires on and that thing's blowing 115 degree temperature into ductwork that may be 55 degrees. So the ductwork gets longer. And then in the summertime, when you fire that air conditioning onto it, my, might be 57 degrees and the ductwork inside may be 105 and it gets shorter. So ductwork gets longer and shorter and long, you know, the expansion and contraction stuff. That's a big deal. And now you get another squeak. So the ductwork is very important. Uh, Don't overlook the plywood or the OSB oriented strand board, which is the subfloor that goes right down on top of the floor joists. That in very high traffic areas, it's very common, usually about mm, 16, 17 years, if you stand at the sink... And you work, whether it's a lavatory in the bathroom or the kitchen sink, we see it most commonly in kitchen sinks. Uh, that plywood literally starts squeaking because it just gets overused. And so, what we like to do at Mosby Building Arts is put a little bit more extra structure underneath it. Okay, I don't want to pull out the subfloor, cut out the plywood, put in new plywood. Oh, by the way, when I do that, I'm putting in a whole bunch more joints right in high traffic. I don't want to do that why don't we just put some flat two-by-four, some structural, and it can be up on edge if you want, but you get better uh, securing from a wide area, and you just fill up that whole area. So it's not uncommon during home reviews to go in and hear these squeaks. So just like uh, Robert was talking about, just anything that might be a possibility of removing squeaks, when you're replacing the carpet Man, this is the time. You're not going to get another shot at this for another 15 years or more, you know, depending on how long your carpet lasts. So, you know, um, nail now or forever listen to your squeaks. Uh, Let's go uh, see what's cooking here with Mr. Greg. Hey, Greg, Scott Mosby here on KMOX. How may I help you this day? Greg, Greg, you're on. Hello there, Scott Mosby.
3: Uh, Yes, sir. Thanks for taking my call. You bet. Uh, I have an old house in the city. I'm studding out all the outside walls, uh-huh. and uh, in some of the sections, I'm, I'm, well, I'm filling them in with fiberglass, or not fiberglass, but insulation. Uh-huh. And uh, some of the sections I could put right against the wall in between the studs and the wall. And the other, should I, can I do that, or do I have to put them all in the stud between the studs?
1: Uh, I prefer an airspace between fibrous insulation and a foundation, uh, especially in the city. What kind? How old is your house and what kind of foundation is this, Greg? Uh, is it stone or concrete? You
3: know, uh, brick on the side and concrete on the bottom. Okay. And uh, But it's uh, 1890. It's real old.
1: Oh, my. Um, well, I'll tell you what. Um, wow. Wow. Uh, I would not use fibrous insulation in that uh, basement at all. Uh, I just...
3: Yeah, this is in the basement. This is on my first floor. And I already already made the stake, you know, 20, 30 years ago by putting insulation out the walls, putting insulation in, and then putting that uh, pile oh. of you over. And then just, you know, that's terrible. So, but I what? just, you know, I have a space where there, all the flues go all the way out to chimneys. Mm-hmm. And um, it's about... Three or four inches. I can, and then my studs are up. I can put the insulation. This is a fireproof insulation. Uh, I forgot what you call it, but uh, uh, it's not fiberglass. Yeah. I'm sorry.
1: It's rock wool then. Is that what you Yeah, you're, exactly. Yeah. Great stuff. Yeah. Great. I, I would ask you then, Greg, to um, coat the inside of that uh, masonry and concrete with something like, oh, uh, um, lock, Uh, or a waterproofing paint that kind of slows down that moisture migration. And then to your direct question, uh, if you've got rockwool, great choice, and I'm fine with that, but I prefer it about a half inch or an inch away from the wall. Uh, But but keep in mind, up at the top, at the ceiling line, you must, must, must close that in with either galvanized steel sheet metal or a two-by. Otherwise, you're going to create a fire flue in there. And so keep in mind the fire blocking responsibility of any enclosed cavity so you'll keep the insulation away from the wall that'll let the wall move a little air around no plastic no vapor retarder at all let that moisture come through your rock wall through your drywall and through your latex only paint don't use oil
3: okay well i understand so just leave a space i I should put the uh rock wall between the studs yes sir right yes i have like about a six inch space and then you have your regular wall Yep. Okay. Thank you very much. It really helped me. Thank okay.
1: you. Greg, you're, uh, you're on the ball, too. If you understand the plastic part, thank you for asking the oh, question because, you know, that little answer could totally destroy all the value of your effort.
3: You can tell your listeners that, you know, I thought I had a leak in the wall, but, you know, the city houses, yeah. they sweat so much, and it was coming in through the molding on, the, on my hardwood floors. And, I mean, you know, it's a mess.
1: Yeah, yeah. I
3: don't know what the mold looks like, but I'm not even looking for it, so.
1: (laughs) (laughs) All right, Greg, good luck. Have a
3: great day. Bye.
1: Bye now. And that's an issue with Greg describing he's got an outside masonry wall. He's going to stud in or frame in this wall, insulate. He wants to slow down the migration of the cold and the heat. Now, keep this in mind, that... Uh, If he doesn't do if it's a full masonry wall, and many of you out there, you know, Lafayette Square, Soulard, uh, many areas, you know, Clayton have houses that are full masonry and have virtually no insulation on those exterior full masonry walls or concrete basement walls. On the summertime, it's 104 degrees on the outside, 98% relative humidity, so the air is wet. And then just about three, four inches away, or six or eight, whatever the thickness of the wall and the masonry, sometimes 12, you've got it 70 degrees and really dry. Well, Mother Nature teaches that moisture to move from high concentration to low, or heat to move from high concentration, warm to cool. So it's called vapor drive, D-R-I-V-E, vapor drive. It just dry. Mother Nature try, tries to move from high concentration to dry itself out. So it's driving that humidity right through your wall. And uh, as Greg discovered, he can't really stop it. Once it gets through that masonry wall, uh, you know, it got into his his, uh, insulation. And then that plastic polyethylene, which is clear plastic, same stuff you see in the dry cleaner bag, the clear plastic, that moisture just hits that plastic, sits in that wood frame, doesn't ever come out, can't get out, and it just rots. And it molds. And it mildews. And the occupants have respiratory problems, ailments, um allergies and you know in reality you know the wall did it 314-436-7900-800-925-1120 scott mosby at your service this is Wex. I love being here thanks for joining me and now
0: back to the Helitech waterproofing home improvement show once again your host scott mosby on kmox
1: all right, here we are, back together, home improvement. Scott Mosby, KMOX, 50,000 watts, uh, as many years as I can muster to help you the best I can. Let's go to the wonderful phone lines here at KMOX and talk with Matt. Hey, Matt, good morning. Welcome to Saturday on KMOX. How can I help?
2: Thanks, Scott. Hey, this week I am scheduled to have a Metro West fire inspection on a property that I'm selling. Okay. And they have a, they have a very good punch list of things that commonly fail. So one of the things that I'm not understanding on it is the attached garage, the, the oven, stove, ductwork goes into the garage and up out of the garage roof, and that ductwork is galvanized steel and it's exposed. Does that need to be boxed in with drywall, or is that okay to have that? What do you think? Because I'm trying to get as many things done before they show up.
1: Well, as long as it's actual galvanized steel, Matt, keep in mind. So, you've got a uh, flue uh, and you have a grease fire in the kitchen. So, now that ductwork for your vent hood is blowing fire through that metal. Uh, Some of the problems are that you go to the big box stores and you buy ductwork. Sometimes it's aluminum and that fails. No flexible ductwork on this stuff. As long as it is galvanized steel, then that fire stays enclosed in that steel, not until it gets to the garage, until it gets outside the house. So that ductwork cannot exhaust to the garage. It must exhaust outside of the house envelope, which means above the roof or through a wall.
2: Right, it goes through the, it penetrates the garage house wall into the, it goes into the steel ductwork and up out the roof
1: on the top. Yeah, you should be good with that. The fire can blow outside the house, but according to the fire control, you can't move it from one part of the house and then catch the other part on fire. So as long as you're galvanized steel, you're in pretty good stead.
2: Uh, I guess if there's something, I guess if a magnet is stuck to that thing, then it's galvanized steel, right?
1: Perfect, perfect. And we see them on dryer uh, vents too, uh, flexible stuff, or we see aluminum, uh, rigid metal. Well, aluminum melts in about 13 seconds and the galvan and the flexible stuff goes in about two seconds so uh you want to get a fire guy real excited uh use a flexible or aluminum dryer vent or better yet an aluminum uh, hot water heater vent oh my gosh i mean you're talking about a blowtorch fire you know transfer system
4: all
2: right Thank you very much.
1: Yeah, good. Way to go, man. I appreciate you doing that. Uh, hey, are there uh, are there some things on that uh, checklist you could share with the listeners? Uh, this is good stuff, and Metro West oh, does a great job.
2: Uh, well, one of the things that caught me off guard is the the GFI's that are required in the unfinished parts of the basement and in the garage, and so that has me. I got to go over and do a count and see how many of those need to be replaced. Uh, no extension cords. Like you can't have a garage door opener. Connected to an extension cord and then running across the room. It's got to be plugged directly into a box.
4: Yep, um, yep.
2: Firebox. I got, I'm checking the firebox to see if there's any cracks in there that needs to be filled with something pretty specific. Yep, yep. Carbon yeah. monoxide. All that other. Carbon monoxide detectors. Oh, one of the things is that the windows cannot be locked, and they have to. the sashes have to stay open. They can't fall free. So they, once you throw up the sash, you got to be able to exit.
1: Yeah, boy, that's a big deal, too. Uh, I mean, think about a house being full of smoke. You're trying to get out to save your life. You pull the sash up, bang, down, comes down, up and down and up and in. And all the meantime, the fire's trying to cook you like a barbecue.
2: No no keyed deadlocks. They all have to be the thumb switch, thumb flip deadlocks. You know, you see these... Oh, uh, yeah. Dead bolts,
1: dead bolts, you know. Yeah, and and to a homeowner, it seems, you know, well, that's crazy. Why doesn't the key come out of the inside of my lock? You know, that from a secure, well, it's because of the fire, if the house catches on fire, you know, and the rooms, you can't see anything, by golly, you need to be able to turn something to get out. So now they've just gone to no double cylinder, which means no keys on both sides. You need that thumb latch on the inside just because we, we barbecued enough people up that the fire guys figured this out.
2: Yeah. All right. Well, that's what I get to look forward to today, fixing, changing out some GFIs.
1: Yeah, well, I'll tell you what, Matt, uh, and for all the rest of the listeners out there, get that list, because we're talking about your own safety. I mean, Matt, kudos to you, but wouldn't it have been nice to for your family to be safe these years instead of, you know, two days before you sell or whatever? Oh.
2: My mother-in-law was frantic about making sure the stove was turned off, but yet every one of their outlets had a six-gang Oh extension cords plugged in i said it's amazing this thing didn't oh, burn man. down <laughs> yeah. well, i was glad glad they're out and uh i think it's all safe now well, we're to try to make it oh, safe
1: way to go man and thanks for sharing that's that's a really good how can people get that list
2: i guess just go to the metro
1: west yeah uh, i
2: mean i'm in the car metro just pee in metro west and look yeah. on the fire and in, fire inspection you gotta have an inspection to sell the the house in West
1: County. So, sure. so it's just on sure the website is. for the fire district, then.
2: Well, I had to get Yeah, it's on the website for the fire district. Maybe somebody cool. who's more familiar with it can call in later.
1: Yeah, but. yeah. No, I appreciate it. Thank you, Matt. All
2: right. Have a good day, Scott. Thanks for help.
1: All right, sir. Bye now. And there you go for you, the listeners. Matt is trying to save your life. Yeah, uh, and you know, uh, here's the thing: uh, when a property transfers hands. The uh, local municipal government, which includes the city, um, the county sometimes, and the local fire district, the three separate organizations, this is their time um, to make sure that their housing stock isn't a tinderbox Uh, So this is the time that they try and have what's called occupancy inspections or Metro West, the various fire districts around, you know, Melville, Fenton, all the various districts have a list and they'll check out the house smoke detectors make sure that you know when you can actually get out of the house in a fire things like that Uh, so uh, check with your local fire district uh, do a search Uh, generally if you get the one from Metro West you can print it yourself and most they're all pretty much the same I mean these are common sense and they're you know life safety so you you want to get some people pretty excited it's the fire safety guys because you know if they don't get this done Generally, somebody gets hurt. 314-436-7900, 800-925-1120. Scott Mosby at your service. As I promised, we're going to get into the culture of change orders, some of the business structures, you know, and and why you've heard so many nasty stories about uh, change orders, uh, rising uh, uh, budgets, because, you know, it... There are very few bad guys out there, but the Better Business Bureau, uh, you get those reports and there are some really bad apples out there. However, the predominance of problems that I see is just from contractors not knowing what... The full ramification of that project is. So they find out that, oh my gosh, this is a load bearing wall or there's ductwork in there or piping or whatever. And some of that you can see down in the basement going down to see what's going up in that wall. Uh, but there is a shortage of experience that winds up in excessive change orders. Now, the topic of this blog is then there's a business strategy of bid low. Change order of the dickens in the middle of the job when the customer can't get away. And that's a way of escalating unduly, and I think unscrupulously, the cost of the job. Uh, So frankly, at Mosby, we do a lot of work up front. We are very thorough up front because it's not a fun conversation, not for the homeowner, not for the contractor. We just try and stay out of that stuff, do our homework, like studying for a test up front. 314-436-7900-800-925-1120. Scott Mosby at your service. We're going to talk about a bathroom remodel when we come back.
0: And now, back to the Helitech Waterproofing Home Improvement Show. Once again, your host, Scott Mosby on KMOX.
1: Oh, yes, and we are live and lively. Loving it right here on KMOX. Lots of great calls. We're going right to them here. Scott Mosby at your service. Let's start with Tom. Hey, Tom, Scott here. How can I help?
5: Well, I've got a bathroom remodeling project I'm working on. The the house is probably over 100 years old, Uh, uh disadvantage of that is nothing level or square in this house. Okay. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I got news for you, it wasn't when it was built either.
5: Probably not. But uh I've completely gutted a bathroom, put a new floor in, tore the tub out, put a new tub in, and uh what I've done, I've i decided I'm going to for for the sh- for the walls in the in the tub uh, and for the shower, I'm going to, I'm using the same tiles, I'm using twelve inch tiles a tile b- that I'm tiling the floor with. Okay. And I think it's going to look nice but uh I decided we had the uh, and in in building the, the getting this tub so it would fit and had to kind of fix some some stuff to to make it fit in right and everything I had to build the, out a little bit of a wall but at any rate we decided to put some drywall up on the old ceiling the old ceiling was those little I don't know what they call it—just the, the their little square tile type things. Okay. Okay. And um, anyway, but we didn't. We, we went with the thinner drywall, and we didn't use the green uh, board drywall. Uh, am I going to have Now I do have a a, a fan, a, a light, and a heater in the bathroom. Okay. Am I going to have a problem uh, above that um, bathtub with the And it's—we're uh, we're talking about eight foot ceilings, by the way. Uh, Am I going to have a problem with not having put the green drywall up above that bathtub?
1: Um, Kind of, but not a lot at eight feet. And when you get down to seven feet with drop soffits and steam and it depends how tall your shower doors or shower curtain is, Tom, because if you have it about six foot eight or seven feet and you let the steam out, uh, you'll have trouble bonding, keeping the paint on the ceiling, but the green board, I'm more disturbed by doing a thinner level of drywall. The only reason we and the pros use thinner level of drywall is for bending the stuff. Our minimum thickness on that application would be a half-inch thick drywall uh, because, you know, as you pull your screws or nails up, it dimples the drywall and you wind up with a non-flat board ceiling, you you know. Okay. But I'm not too worried about your uh, white drywall, non-green. I'm okay with that, Um, but I'm a little concerned that, uh, you know, you may have – after you steam cure that thin laminate drywall ceiling, you may have a real uh, Tundra-like – Uh, Surface.
5: (laughs) Okay. Well, I mean, is there anything I can put up over that uh, uh, to, uh, uh, and and should I maybe just go ahead and tile the tile that too?
1: No, it doesn't have anything to do with that. It's just the thickness. You need a thick enough membrane to remain flat in its own structural integrity. Three eighths inch drywall doesn't do it. Quarter inch drywall is a joke. Um, you know, we just pros just don't use it unless we're building curved walls. You know, and okay. then, and we need to bend it because that stuff, like it or not, will bend now or later. But it will bend. Okay. Now, I would so, laminate right over it with a heart with a half inch drywall minimum, and even a fire code drywall because it's fiber reinforced. You don't really need the fire separation, but that stuff's like plywood.
5: So go ahead, maybe in just above that bathtub area, put put, put a half inch of yeah. The, why some, not? Okay. Yeah. Okay. All right. Thanks, Scott. Appreciate
1: it. All right, Tom. Good luck, my friend. Bye. Bye. Home Improvement, Scott Mosby. Stay tuned. Hey, uh, stay on the line. We've got stuff happening here in just a bit on KMOX.
0: Now, KMOX at your service. Welcome to the Helitech Waterproofing Home Improvement Show. Now, here's your host, Scott Mosby on KMOX.
1: All right, we are wrapping up Hour 2. We're going to go right up until the Cards pregame show. Stay tuned here on CAMOX. My name is Scott Mosby, own and operate Mosby Building Arts. Been here 20 years, and we have phone lines abound. So thank you. Anybody I don't get to before we take a break, please hold the line. I'll take you off the air. Let's get started here on the Helitech Home Improvement Show with Eva. Hey, Eva, welcome to Lunchtime, CAMOX. How may I help?
4: Uh, Yes, I have a problem. I live in a villa, and it's like 1,600 square feet. The water in my bathroom, in the sink where I wash my hands, is always cold. It takes at least 10 minutes to warm up, but when I take a shower, it's warm. Hmm. The water. Wow. What type of a problem is that, and how do I get it fixed?
1: <laughs> uh, I'm not really sure. In your villa, that means that there's a long highway of pipes before that water gets to yeah. your kitchen. Um, that's going to be. Kids, it I'm, sh- I'm, in a village, pardon me? It's
4: in the bathroom oh. when I wash my hands. The kitchen is warm. It's not the bathroom, which is on the other end.
1: Yeah, that's there's a there's a piping system which basically takes that hot water and it's called an instant hot, but it keeps hot water running around in a circle. And then your pipe in the bathroom, basically just taps off of that. That you'll never wait more than one or two seconds. But that involves a plumber running another pipe and all kinds of stuff. Oh, but yeah, you're uh, there. Really, is nothing you can. Can do other than uh, there's a there are a couple of things. One is that instant hot, which is a piping big plumbing deal. Another is a little pump. There's a little pump called an auto circ a u t o c i r c, which bas- basically mounts right between your hot and your cold pipe. In there, we have had trouble with that in master bathrooms because uh, it, it sounds like a an air pump for a fish tank, and it, it goes on and you know every 20 minutes or hour it goes. And it pumps the hot water into the cold line. What it does is it makes the hot water, it just refreshes the hot water, and it pumps it over to the colds. But it it can, if you're a light sleeper, uh, no go.
4: (laughs) Yeah, but that's the only two items. Uh, I just don't understand, you know, the kitchen, and when I take a shower, it's in the master bathroom. And when I take a shower in the master bathroom, the water's warm, hot, like normal. But in the sink...
1: It's not. <laughs> well, your shower uses a lot more water. So when you turn that shower on, you're moving five gallons fast. When you turn on just the lavatory sink, you're moving, you know, five gallons really slow. So that's why it just takes longer. Your pipe for your shower probably gets, you know, hot faster just because you're mov- it's moving bigger volumes quicker out of the shower head. Oh. Yeah. I don't have any real good news for you. Okay. I can just explain to you why, you know, why yeah. it's a hobbling horse, you know. Yeah.
4: But is it a? Would I call a plumber then? Yep. To fix it, yep. call a plumber. Yes, okay. ma'am. Okay. And then I also have a, a tile grout problem. Okay. How do you get the grout in the tile? Uh, it's discoloring, and I just can't seem to. If I put Clorox on it, and then it seems to get better.
1: Uh, that's pretty much it. Now there's a there's a grout saw. And it basically abrades the top dirty surface of that oh. tile off. Uh, but you oh. have to be very careful. You can also yeah. carve off the edges of your tile. But, yeah. You know, okay. that, yeah. yeah.
4: And then one other quick question. the mm-hmm. uh, In the villa, the um, gutters, yep. water doesn't go in the, it kind of spills over. Ooh. Is that a, do I need to get bigger gutters? They're smaller.
1: Uh, Typically, the outside on a villa, that would be the responsibility of the group, of the exterior guys. So I would call them. uh, Probably just clean your gutters would be my guess. Okay. But it's really their responsibility in the villa. Yeah,
4: right. All right. Okay. Thank you so much. All right, Eva. Bye Bye.
1: Let's see if we can sneak in Bill. Hey, Bill, Scott Mosby, afternoon here on KMOX. How can I help?
5: Uh, thanks for Scott for ha- having the show. Uh, my problem is simulated wood restoration. I've got two sliding doors, four by seven, in my family room. Sits about four to six inches above ground level, so snow and heavy rain over the years has caused the bottoms of those doors, the wood part, uh, to rot. I've dug out all the rot, and now I'm looking for a suitable wood restoration product. Uh,
1: there are epoxy wood fillers. Sometimes they're one part. Sometimes they're two part. They're hard to get. Anything that's really good at that filler will not take stain well. Uh, so that's not the good news. Uh, my bigger uh, message to you, William, is on a roll. A sliding patio door, if the bottom is rotting, that's the heaviest structure and load. Uh, we don't have good luck uh, patching wood uh, because they vibrate and they, you know, they move when they're rolling. If these are rolling doors, I, I'm not a fan of wood filler. They, you're just kind of uh, hitting yourself.
5: <laughs> uh, is it the kind of thing a carpenter could fix?
1: Mm, you, no. Generally, the doors get replaced. When you have that much wood rot down low on a sliding door where the rollers literally connect to the wood at the bottom part of that door, you know, that's like saying the axles on your car rusted out. And, you know, patching the door isn't going to make those axles work better. You're you're messing with the structure of it. So uh, you you might patch it successfully this time. It is not a long-term repair. You'll be back here in a year, year and a half doing the same thing. Thank you, Scott. All right, sir. Thanks, William. All We're, we're going to take a short pause and come back for more on University of KMOX. Oh, I'm glad to be back. Thanks for joining me.
0: And now, back to the Helotech Waterproofing Home Improvement Show. Once again, your host, Scott Mosby on KMOX.
1: All right, we're wrapping up our one and a half here, heading up to the St. Louis Cardinal Cubbies uh, pregame show with Alex Ferrario, so stay tuned right here on Wex. Then at 1.20, the Cards and the Cubbies take it on at Wrigley Field in Chicago. John Rooney, Rick Horton, call that, and we've got lots of things happening here on University Wex all day. Bill's on the line. Bill, I want to take you off the air. Thank you for your patience. We've had some great questions, great calls. I enjoy these every week. Uh, we've had uh, all sorts of things, a fire. inspections. Remember, Matt called in. You can get onto the Metro West Fire uh, website and get a checklist for safety things for your home. That would be true in pretty much every uh, fire district, but uh, it, it counts. It matters. It's your safety. Have a great Saturday on KMOX here.